guys hello and welcome back i'm julia fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 90 woohoo episode 90 oh we're not long until the big hundredth episode massive book launch in 10 weeks or whatever i don't know guys i'm wishing you a lot of love right now i know it's uncertain we have no idea um but something that really helps me is trying to keep the faith we need faith okay there's two states to be in fear state or faith state um beautiful minds are free of fear but it's not always easy which is why i do this podcast to try and hook up your mojo and to remind you that you know there is a lot of good in the world this is meant to be positive news and i know we have covered some tough stories over the years here and i have really taken it on and i speak about this on my youtube jojo fraser i'm going to be able to do a little um blog on mummyjojo.com about this but as an empath which so many of us are when we take on stuff it can be really hard to not protect and I have got the incredible Andrew Johnson on with me. Andrew is the pioneer of apps, um, well-being apps. He was well there. I think he said 2009 he was doing stuff. He was the first to launch well-being apps. He's a meditation guru. Um, he's trained in Reiki. He's a Reiki master. He, his big thing was hypnotherapy. He's just incredible. And this conversation is such a mojo hookup for you. Um, I can't wait and um, I'm ending with a song from my very special friend who I trained for her TEDx, Elaine Lennon, um, called Trouble and it's just amazing to be working with Elaine. Um, We also spoke at the end, Andrew was saying that the Coldplay album is wonderful and I've been playing that a lot. He sent me a sort of download link to it and it's just fabulous. Um, So definitely check that out. Guys, this place, as I say, I want to hook up your mojo. I really do. And I, I want it to be as positive as possible over the next 10 weeks as we build up to the big um, launch of my next book. Um, we come on, guys. Together we're in this, right? And I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, what I did in hospital when I was feeling helpless and just wanted to be back to normality but I was still waiting for like more medication to kick in and slow me down because I apparently didn't know the meaning of the word slow (laughs) even though I was going for all the massages and stuff I still needed more slow yeah um and I found that now I found that and now I'm slowly coming off medication because my nurse was saying to me the other day that there's no point in keeping you drugged up and keeping you from your missions and stuff <laughs> um, so she's back but I'm back slowly very slowly probably slower than I want to be um, can't stop me now I'm having such a good time I'm having a ball but I gotta protect my mind cause my mind is precious so sure um, so we're not invincible yeah that sounds better uh, can't stop me now having such a good time i'm having a ball can't stop me now but my mind is precious it's not invincible and neither is yours um right anyway let's get andrew on let's absolutely do this guys also just a quick plug for my audible book my first book is full of the mojo four and a half hour listen hop on audible download it 
let me hook up your mojo if you're struggling i want to send you all the love and good vibes Mwah! andrew welcome thank you jojo we finally meet fantastic yep First, At long last. I know, I know. And the first, I didn't think you would even know who I was. So um, the first time I heard about you was via Lynette Gray when she was on my podcast. I think it was 2018. And she wow. came here and we sat up at that breakfast bar. Right. And we had the most incredible conversation. And she yeah. was just saying how amazing you are. Well, Lynette's awesome. Oh, she's just so like, oh, she gets me. Yeah. She's great. She is. Yeah, she was one of the first people I met when I came to Edinburgh, and it was her that introduced me to uh, the yoga centre, Cam and Canning Street, because uh -huh. she was doing a meditation class there. Oh, so good. Yeah, she's great. She gets the tears out if you need them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me about you. What's your story? Give us a... For people that don't know who you are... Right. Tell... Give us, like, what are you all about? Really? <laughs> <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> All day. <laughs> well, if, if we're talking about this from a sort of business point of view, my background is... Well, okay, I can really start at the beginning. I, I've been doing meditation for over four decades. Wow. So a long time. But not formally. Okay. Not formally. I was sort of introduced to it at school. Really? At uh -huh. school? Well, not necessarily at school. I'm, <laughs> I'm contradicting myself now, but I, I, did, I did meditation as part of a sort of martial arts class Ooh. so I was doing karate with a bunch of kids at school not at school but while I was at school and we went after school to a, a, a karate class and the last 5 or 10 minutes was meditation it's like karate kids because they do all that yeah, stuff yeah. the, the pay what's that scene wax on wax on wax off <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, it's a classic film uh but I was introduced to meditation there, and I, I mean, I've said this so many times, but I just, my first memory is of that, listening to my friends giggling, but me thinking, I quite like this. Yeah, it's the ego kicking in, like, this is a bit different. Yeah, but when you're a 15-year-old boy, a 15-year-old kid or whatever, you're just, this is all, you, you want to be kicking the, the, you just want to be kicking and punching folk when you're doing karate. <laughs> And then to, to sit still and be told to quiet in our minds after that was really strange. So that was my first introduction to meditation. But many years later, um, through a variety of circumstances and me wanting to change my career, I went and trained as a, a clinical hypnotherapist. Wow. So that's my core training. I trained uh, 94, it was an 18-month course, 94 into 95, um, at Caledonian University in Glasgow. Really? Yeah. I love Glasgow. I love Glasgow. I'm, well, I'm from Glasgow. So, I love the accent. So I trained as a hypnotherapist and, and probably halfway through the diploma course, I had started seeing clients with their blessing. Um, and I've, I've, I've been self-employed ever since. So this is me coming into my 26th year as a therapist. So, so you do hypnotherapy? Yeah. Okay. Um, and meditation. Uh, yep. And apps. Yes. So I, as a hypnotherapist, you always, most hypnotherapists will give a client a recording. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes to see me for stopping smoking, I don't see many clients these days, mm -hmm. but if someone comes to see me for stopping smoking, I will do a session, one session, and give them a stop smoking recording. Mm -hmm. It used to be on cassette. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's how old I am. I love. I used to love cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Kylie, Jason Donovan. <laughs> no, no. Pink Floyd, Genesis, Emerson, Lake and Palmer. I like Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I had a bunch of recordings, and they, they were very quickly went on to CD, and then became MP3s. And then eleven years ago, I I, I uh, got into the App Store with my now ex business partner. I'm so impressed that you did this eleven years ago. You were ahead of the trend, weren't you? Well, um, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that being in the app store early was a contribute a contributing factor to the success of the apps. There's no doubt of that. Mm. When we launched the first, we were the first. I've only started telling people this, but we were the first meditation app ever, worldwide. Wow. Yeah, but. There was only 25,000 apps in the App Store at that point. Oh my god. There's now, I think there's four and a half million, four million. So if you bought a yacht yet, why are you not chilling in Barbados? Uh, I don't know, well, there's there's issues with money and there's there's always money seems to come and go. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it comes and it goes, it's just an energy. It is an energy, I said that to my brother at Christmas, he was like going all woo-woo on me, but then he texted me the next day and said, I think you'd make a great counsellor, so I must have got into into somewhere. Something clicked. Something clicked. Yeah, (laughs) money's definitely an energy. So we've had good success with the apps, and in the last three or four months I've taken over the whole business. Wow. So I'm now in in a rebuilding stage, so I'm going to be rebuilding all the apps in the next two months. And then working towards building the big one. What's the big one? I don't know yet. Oh my goodness. That's really exciting. But it will be a it will be a all encompassing meditation app, but it will probably be a bit more therapeutic than anything that's on the market at the moment. We need that. I mean, with Wellbeing Radio, I feel like when I switch that on, because I talk all the time about mm-hmm. do you know of Paul Gilbert's work? I know the name. But so he's in the mind, big in the mindfulness space, right. and um, he's going to contribute to my next book and come on um, this podcast. Fantastic! But he has this model, and it really clicked for me. You know, when you hear a bit of theory, a bit of science, and you're like, "That is it." Mm-hmm. So it's called the emotional regulation system, right? And it talks about oxytocin. So if you put it in three pieces, okay, so you've got the great, the really good stuff. Mm-hmm. I call it sustainability of the mind, and that's green. Mm-hmm. That's when we have oxytocin. So you have to hug for like twenty seconds to release. Twenty eight seconds. Is it twenty eight? Mm-hmm. I've been saying twenty all over my channel. Well, twenty is good. But twenty eight is better. Well, I mean, how can they measure it? But it should. I just. I there's a. The, yeah, I've got a good friend, and she keeps saying twenty eight seconds. I mean, to be honest, I don't like stingy huggers and there's a lot of them out there. I would hold it for a couple of hours if I could. Possibly, yeah, that's, yeah. I want to do like a hugging retreat. Right. But we need to be careful because some people might find that quite saucy and it's not about that. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? There are people that do it in the States. Well, we could maybe start that. Right. And that would be groundbreaking in in Britain and very groundbreaking in Scotland. But you've got to watch. You've got to watch because there can be boundaries. Yeah, and it's knowing when to cross because if you meet someone, you've got chemistry with them and you're hugging or yeah. you're doing... Because there's the eye contact one. Here, yeah. Lynette was talking about that on our podcast where it was a man she'd never met and she's staring deeply in his eyes. Yeah. Now, that's quite a lot to process, I It guess. is a lot. And that there's a, there's, it's, a, it's a good thing to do, but um, it does make a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The, con- the continual eye contact. There. Yeah. <laughs> so it does. No, neither with me, but I've, as part of the hypnotherapy training, we were taught to go through all these things, and I recently did 
a three-day weekend with Lynette down in Gatwick. It was one of the Sai courses. Oh, yes. The I, PSI. She'd invited me to that, but I couldn't go at the time. Ah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of processes in that. I'm not really supposed to talk about it, because it is supposed to be a bit of a surprise for folk. But it did, it did push people um, in a really good way mm-hmm. to, to break little boundaries. Really? Yeah. It was, it was a good course. I'd like to try it at some point. Mm. But the theory of this model was, so you've got the oxytocin, right? And then you've got the drive, which is in blue. Yep. So that's when you're getting your dopamine because you're achieving. And so I've had times like the book launch you see behind here. when It was the most magical day. Fantastic. Borthwick Castle sponsored it. My little girl Bonnie sang A Million Dreams to the whole castle. Oh, wow. At the tender age of five? Is that her there on the Six. The yeah, that's Bonnie. That's my Bonnie. She's going to have her own radio station soon because she's got so much more swag than me um, so yeah she was singing and the whole castle was singing and I gave a speech and I said to people how was the day and they were like mind blown wow 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 so I was buzzing right I was like my dreams come true you know that moment when you're standing and you're like I visualised it the year before and I knew it was going to happen and loads of people told me to stop dreaming mm-hmm. no, no 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 it's not going to happen but I knew it was going to happen and then I'm standing there going I told you but try not to let the ego kick in and just enjoy it um, so that's dopamine. Right. Uh, the other one is the red, your threat system. So the anxiety, of course, it's also when we turn on the news. Mm-hmm. So with your app and mm. with the well-being radio and with things like this and podcasts and, and weekends away, you're getting away from that kind of high anxiety like, oh, right, you turn the news on, a plane's crashed, it's, you know, and it just keeps coming and coming because the news tell the negative stories. So. Yes, or don't listen or watch the news. But then I feel like, where's the balance between your head being in the clouds and protecting yourself and then you're in a meeting and someone's saying, so what Trump said this morning? And I'm like, Trump, I eh, don't know what he said. How do you get the balance between living in the physical world and keeping your spirit in check? Well, I think, I think the, the problem... With many people, when the anxiety with the news is not actually the news that's happening, it's the continual repetition of it. Right. So, you know, if you think back to the Second World War, where people were getting news probably on the the cinema once a week, and it was a week old, mm-hmm. or they'd get two days old news on a newspaper, uh-huh. or the radio. Yeah. And it was once a day, for ten minutes, in yeah. black and white. Yeah. Um, in a newspaper, but now we've got twenty-four hour rolling news. So there are people out there who watch the news every half an hour, I or they know. have it on. In the I used to go to a barber's in, in in Edinburgh. A really nice guy, but he had a television in the corner with the news the whole time. And I, I said, "You listen to this for eight hours as you're working." Mm-hmm. And I said, "My God." You must be really depressed, even though if you think, even though you you might not be consciously listening, it's oh, yeah. going in. It's going in. It's all going in. So it's the repetition of it. There's nothing wrong, I believe, with knowing what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. You just don't have to take it on board. You don't. It's hard, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's really hard, and we need to protect ourselves. And yeah. I've been saying to BBC for years because I do quite a lot of the BBC as well, but been chatting about getting my own slot and they're like well well-being's just not you know there's other things on top and I'm going it's a new decade the world's burning we need more well-being stuff and then I got the call about well-being radio so right. I was like wow isn't that's that superb. funny the timings of those things it, well yeah there is a big shift coming uh, it's already started so mm-hmm. I, I think you're right at the leading edge it's so exciting mm. it's so exciting to be part of this um, because it has to stop it's not good enough I do not want my kids growing up 
with those alerts. I don't want them being addicted to their screens. I don't want them getting nomophobia. I want them to connect. Mm. I want them to be heart-led. I want them to socialise. I want them to get exercise in nature. Mm-hmm. I want them to have adventure. Well, that's great. I know, but it takes work. Because it's a bit like a battle of good versus evil, right? Right. There's going to be people saying, no, no, let's just sit on our screens and stare at that. Or let's troll that person. Or there's always going to be triggers. Always. And I need to set them free. Like, they're not my kids. I was a vessel, and I'm, I'd like to think a good role model for them, as are takes a village to be as a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And I trust people that have them, and I trust they'll do a good job. But at the end of the day, they're not mine. They yeah. are their own people. And I can be proud and watch them flourish, but I have to take a step back from the mum label and yeah. trust that they won't be... You know, I've got mental health in my family, and you start to think of oh you know the mental health stats and how like they're more likely but actually what i know now is that a lot of the mental health problems you know we see on chemical imbalance but that's quite a poor excuse actually when i've looked yes you might have a bit of a chemical imbalance but there's always more to it so much more it's a it's an interesting subject it really is but Mm. meditation helped me realize there was more to it Mm-hmm. If I didn't meditate, I probably would. I mean, when my dad got sick, meditation would have been great for him, but they would just give him tablets, which made him suicidal. Yes. So the easy thing to do is tablets. When I've been in the doctors with stress, the first thing I say is, I don't want any tablets. Now, I think the doctors are getting better now at not just handing them out because they're busy. They want to get people in and mm. out. But I think we're more educated now that we just can't hand people these tablets that cause suicidal thoughts and send them home because those were the worst three years of my life my mum's life to see my dad that vulnerable mm. to have him say such paranoid things when i'm pregnant in the house and mm. he's saying you're not safe i've called the police i'm going dad you're the most gentle loving kind man i know i'm safe he's like but the voices are telling me i'm not that was the tablets so i think we need to be really careful um about uh, you know, what we give to people and and the protection because we don't have the services. So I would always say to someone, meditate, get into meditation. Mm. Meditation over tablets every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I would always say you need a doctor's recommendation to come off the tablets. Yeah. Because a lot of them are very powerful. But it's, it's the coming on them in the first place. So. That's also true. But again, I think you hit the nail on the head. Doctors don't have a great deal of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the generation that's gone past, the doctor would have been much more of a family friend mm-hmm. and much more of a counsellor. Yeah. They would have been much more of a, bed, a bedside manner. So the doctors will have had time. And when someone said, I'm feeling this way, if the doctor was good, he or she would have been able to say, so what's happening, Jimmy? What's happening in your life? And they'd say, well, this and this and this. And they'd give a bit more of an instructional, a bit more of counselling mm-hmm. to give them advice. Or they'd say, well, maybe you've got... But when you're when a doctor is just looking at the symptoms and the immediate symptoms and they've got five minutes, the temptation is to, to put the pills in. Yeah. And that's Time hard for needed. doctors. Of course they, it is. I love our doctors. You know, but they're I, magnificent. They're amazing people. And for them to take in all that, you know, I, I think they're seeing, they're taking in that energy constantly of people needing them. Yeah. You need to have a protective bubble around yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely. And stress with doctors is, and dentists, through the roof. With, with most care. But you look at artists as well. You're standing in front of 10,000 people. Some of them will have broken hearts. They're there to be healed by your music. 
So you're giving all that out, right? Are they protecting themselves because they're not getting much sleep? They're going from gig to gig, probably alcohol and drug temptations, sex, Maybe. all that surface level stuff. Um, so I think there's a lot of very vulnerable people out there. Are you an empath? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think anyone in the healing arts is. Mm-hmm, definitely. But that's a difficult thing to understand. And then, you know, you've you've always got to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, and uh, I did, let me think, when was it? 2001, 2 and 3. I did Reiki 1, 2 and 3. And that was, a, that was transformational for me from an energetic point of view. So you can practice Reiki on people? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. You're like a wizard. You can do well, it all. Well, not really, because it's, it was never anything that I've taught people. I've taught... A couple of hundred people Reiki and probably 60 people Reiki too and maybe eight, maybe ten folk of Reiki Master. Oh man, I want to do your course. Do you still do a course? No, I don't. Because um, I might get into it but it takes a bit of time and you've got to be really dedicated and I'm not, I've got other things happening at the moment but Reiki is one of those things where from a personal point of view you can learn quickly. Not too much of a time or money investment mm. and give it to yourself. And that's, that's I think, the real gift of Reiki right. is being able to give it to yourself. So you can sort of touch your chakra? You can just put your hand on yourself no matter where. It doesn't matter where your hand is. And what do, what do you do? do you well, I would, use it, I would use it in a difficult therapeutic situation. Uh-huh. So if someone is breaking down in front of me or they're telling a story that's, you know, would curl your hair mm-hmm. and you feel yourself... You feel yourself emotionally getting involved. Mm-hmm. Then, by by, for me, by putting a hand on my chest for Reiki, mm-hmm. um, it would break that connection. Right. So, you, what you're protecting yourself? I'm protecting myself so that I can then give a logical and therapeutic. I can be there in totality with a person without it being my stuff coming through. That's hard. Yeah, because that's the empath. Well, that, uh-huh. Because you can't possibly start bringing your own stuff in mm-hmm. and thinking what you would be like. You need to be there in totality with the person and working 100% with them rather than getting carried along with their story. Yeah. But equally, you've also got to understand mm-hmm. the pain that someone's going through. Oh, it's so hard to see, isn't it? Yeah. I've cried a lot since I started my work because you attract people because they see that... I get people, like I had someone call me a couple of months ago and like... I had no idea who they were, but they were like, can I just talk to you? I'm having an awful time. And I was like, should I? Should I not? Like, okay, I'll just give them a phone call. You know, probably shouldn't. But... And I managed to talk them around and get them to a place of like that self-belief. Right. Because they were just so low. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great to be able to do that. But I've not been in touch since, you know. I've not followed it up. I can't even remember. I get so many messages. Yeah. But it's, it's really hard because you take in this stuff and you just want to tell people... The truth is that you are worth battling through, you're worth support, mm-hmm. you're worth therapy, you're worth being healed and finding love, which is the highest energy available, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, when it comes down to it, people just want to feel a little bit more in control. Yes. Just feeling a little bit in control and having a bit of clarity and knowing that there's someone there that understands yeah. makes a huge difference to people. Controls it, because it's a safety thing, right? We mm-hmm. just want to protect ourselves. So yeah. It's a good intention there. It's a good intention. Control in that form, using in, in, in using it in that way is all about someone who feels that everything is completely out with their control. Yeah. That it is the external world doing it to them or they've got some physical thing going on. But you have control. 
but you you can learn to have a bit of control and even if the control is just feeling a bit happier yeah that's why um that's why meditation can be so powerful for folk because they can i think one of the difficulties with the nhs etc etc is the fact that you know you can do really incredibly accurate clinical trials on pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. so you can say i give 100 people this and you know three weeks later 75 percent have the symptoms are decreased by 50 percent and there are really good accurate Uh clinical trials meditation however you can't do that because it's all about just general well-being it's a hard thing to measure did you see heal the documentary yes because that talks about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I totally believe it, but you mm-hmm. need to, you can read all the textbooks in the world, right? But it's until you actually practice it yeah. that you, you see the, the light bulb moments and you get the clarity and you're like, this does work. Yeah. But it's hard. Yes, it's hard. You've also got to find the right person to work with and the right technique and have the right time and the financial wherewithal to pay for it. Yeah, that's true. And I guess we distract ourselves and we say, well, we need to get, we need to pay these bills and we need to do that. And I'm like, your mental health has to take priority over that yes. new car. Very um, much so. I know? think you, that has to be a that can be an epiphany for a lot of people taking mm-hmm. care of themselves. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of posts on social media about you know you, you you need to take time to rest and you need to don't worry about missing out this weekend. Yeah. If you're feeling bad, stay at home and look after yourself. Yes. And it's it's starting. I think a lot of people are starting to actually understand that. Taking it back, and it's hard, like as a mum, there's been times I've hit burnout, mm-hmm. and it's not just been work, it's just been things I've taken on from other people. Yeah. But I'm like, but I'm a mum. But no, actually, yes, I'm a mum, but I have to look after myself so I can look after them. So that's mm. when you call on family and say, please, and if they know you well enough, they'll know that you're on your knees and you need to rest. Yeah. You need to watch trashy films that you don't have <laughs> to think about. Like for me, Mamma Mia 2 is my, like... Haven't oh. seen it yet. Oh, so good. I mean... I can't watch Mamma Mia 1 because I would I would be halfway through and I'd be packing my bags and off to Greece. It's so beautiful, yeah, it's isn't wonderful. it? It's wonderful. I love... Have you, have you had time in Greece? Before? Yeah, I lived in Greece for a while. Wow, uh, 2000. Part? On roads. Oh, Lindas on roads. Had oh, a honeymoon there. In Lindas? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. How funny. I know. I went to roads. I went to Lindas first in 84 and then I went back... Hold on, 98 and 99, and then I lived there just not for long, three or four months, 2001, and then last year, for the first time in 18 years, I went back for a week. Oh, was that amazing? It was, but it was strange to go back to a place that had been so important to me. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I realised it was probably, it wasn't so much the place, it was the people I was with and I'd met and the things I did. And how I was feeling at that point. Did you feel connected again or did you feel a bit distant? I felt, I felt, I knew it so well. You know, it's like a little maze. It's like a little rabbit worm, mm-hmm. Lindos. But uh, I felt as if I'd come home. There was no surprises to me. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed there was still, there, there's some big issues in little touristy towns like that. And I noticed that when I lived there. Um... But it was a good learning experience for me. I, I was going through a little bit of burnout in 2001 and I went over there and I just did a huge amount of reading and meditation um, and I just took any job I could. Mm-hmm. And then but I knew I needed to come back and start work as a therapist again. I'd been working in Brighton in a clinic the, the year before. Oh, I like Brighton. Mm. Good energy there, isn't it? 
strange energy. There's a, there's a, you're either a therapist or you need a therapist in Brighton. So many, uh, it's a beautiful place, no disrespect to it, but it is, it's mad in a great way. I, I was there on a hen and we did laughter yoga, which I love. Yeah. And I actually did laughter yoga on a, a TV show thing, but I'm not actually trained, but right. they were like, I was like, I can do it. Well, can you laugh? Yeah, yes, well, there you go. increasing themselves, yeah. right? One of them was a bit like, you're a nutter, but the other one was like, she's quite spiritual and open-minded. And she was like, Jojo, I love you, I love you. I was like milking it. Um, but we went on a hen weekend, but the girls of that weekend really wanted to go to this like cheesy nightclub and it wasn't my scene I'm more about like really funky bass and beats so I, I remember being like oh, I've just spent that whole night in this club that plays the music that's alright but it was like mm. one of those typical hen meat market right. stag places rather than something a bit more urban like funky but so, a bit more classy a bit more classy yes, you know I like my nice, nice places uh, not the sticky carpets and the throwing up down mm. the, the loo more of kind of like nice vibes, like Ibiza style. Yeah, we seem to have got off topic now. I know. <laughs> sticky cup, sticky carpets. Yeah. Sticky carpets. We like to. Well, you know, I think in here we people like a little bit of the real chat. They like a bit of the heavy yeah. chat. We we sort of just fuse it in. <laughs> it's always good. Goes where it should go. So tell me, so Greece, right? Do you? And then you knew you had to come back. Yeah. Do, is your heart in Edinburgh, or what's your thoughts? Well, I I only moved to Edinburgh three years ago, so. Um, I knew that I needed to come back uh, uh, to work in Britain and uh, I wanted to work in Scotland and I came back in, uh, uh, I worked, came back in 2001 and did 16 years in Ayrshire. Wow. Where my family are and my, you know, my parents and my sister. Um, got back into uh, seeing clients again, worked in a clinic in Ayr, uh, started doing some corporate work. Um, so going in and do meditation or no no you couldn't you couldn't possibly even in this would be 2002 you couldn't possibly go into corporates talking about meditation at that point so what sort of stuff was that stress management so you would give a talk or would you I would do a day of training people in stress management you like tapping or um yeah a bit of EFT but mostly uh relaxation uh, teaching people to slow their heart. Well, it is meditation, but you just don't call it meditation. Yeah, you can get away with certain yeah. things. So I would do that. a thing called a stress toolbox, which would be seven hours of teaching people uh, the art of relaxation mm -hmm. and how to slow their heart and how to quiet their mind and how to deepen their breathing. And then once they're in that state, we would talk about things like uh, affirmations and goal setting. Mm -hmm. uh, we would talk about... Um, how to set intentions, mm -hmm. um, how to connect to your senses when you're doing visualisation, because yeah. not everyone's visual, yes. uh, how to use all your senses. Uh -huh. um, and that went down well. I, I did that, um, gosh, I did that with Child and Adolescent, Adolescent Mental Health Services. I did that in the NHS. I did it with um, Barnados. I did, a, I did a ton of work with recordings with Bupa. Uh, the deep sleep CD they they took a ton of deep sleep CDs, um, and then everything changed when the apps took off. So I sort of started to pull back from doing seeing clients, okay, and I started to pull back from doing corporates because I was just the travelling was getting to me. Yeah, not that I was doing a huge amount, but yeah, it's tiring though, isn't it? No, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, yeah, standing presenting. Uh, when you're in flow and you're 
the passion's flowing, doing mm-hmm. that for seven hours, then you can't speak after it. <laughs> You're so tired, you don't want to sit and then you go, well, for me, I would go home and have to be like, blah, 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 and the kids, and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to talk. I know, but it's a funny thing because I wouldn't be physically tired, I'd just be, I just, I would just run out of words. Yeah, you're just strange, you just, you, yeah. you just want to like chill to some music or yeah. like, watch a film. it's wonderful, or... but yeah, it, it, yeah, so I was fortunate enough to... As the app started doing really well, uh, I was fortunate enough that I could pull out of that, Great. the corporate stuff. I'm still doing a bit of it, but, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, but the app started really taking off. That's amazing. So yeah. for, from a corporate point of view, can you set your um, sort of expectations to say, I'll do one big one a month, or this is my cap because I need to focus on the app? Um, well, yes and no. Um, I tend not to do any marketing and from that point of view. So people will reach out to me and ask me to do a talk. Um, I've been doing a bit of mindfulness work with a big insurance company in London. Wonderful. Uh, I did, I did think two or three days with them last year, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to, just to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I've had a lot of time in my hands lately waiting to get control of these apps. Um, so I think from maybe maybe next month, but potentially March, the, the, the rebuild will happen. And at that point, I should be pretty busy. So Who's I'm, doing your techie stuff then? I've got a team of developers in Leith. Amazing. Mm. So you trust them? Yep. So, and do you, when you meet, do you sort of say, These are the, this is my intention and sort of talk about things on a more sort of spiritual level or is it purely physical, right, this is what we need to do? Um, it's It's... More in the sort of techie side of things, yeah. but uh, they're a good bunch of folk, and they, they enjoy you. the apps. Yeah, they like the recordings. Great, so they they, they and they know there's a history of them. There's ten years, almost. When did we launch? January two thousand and nine was the first app. There wasn't even an app store in Britain at that point. Wow, it was just in America. You are like the pioneer of this stuff. It was just. It was a funny thing. It was just one of those law of attraction things. Wow, I knew that. I knew that the I I watched Steve Jobs launch the iPhone, and I managed to get an iPhone from New. I got a bunch of iPhones from New York before they were launched in the UK, because mm. I think it was six months after they, get, they they came out in America. They came out in the UK, and I got them, and I sold three and kept one, and um, so it was. I, I knew how powerful this little tool was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Steve Jobs announced the, the app store and I thought, okay, this is interesting. I'm selling recordings online. This could just be another avenue. And I knew a few techie folk in Ayrshire at that point and I was asking them if they knew anyone that could build apps. And of course, no one could because it was brand new, this particular language for building apps. In. And then I guess about a month went past and I kept thinking about this and then I got an email completely out of the blue from uh, a guy called Mike in Seattle, who's a lawyer, who said, uh, I build apps in my spare time and I love your recordings and I think they'd make good apps. And your voice as well, because especially in America, yeah, that sort of, uh, that sort of gentle Scottish soothing, people love Sometimes it. Sometimes gentle and soothing, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you don't get that in Glasgow or Edinburgh. Do you feel you have to adapt? No, I think it's just I'm, I'm, I know that genetically I've 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 got a good south of I've got a good voice and um, uh, south side of Glasgow accent, mm-hmm. but 
you know, after 25 years of doing hypnotherapy, you learn to speak in a different way. Yeah, it calms you down. It's yeah. like, because I can be quite high energy on the radio and podcast, but then I can be really grounding and people say, Joe, I'm so grounded with you. Yeah. And I'm like, but my persona is like, bah, 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 like Raj, but yeah. actually um, a blend of both. That's a good way to be. I think it's good to have yeah. yin and yang, you know, like Scott, the founder of Wellbeing Radio, you'll say to me, like, you're the yang, I'm the yin. <laughs> and I'm like, because whenever he like, calls, he chills me. But I like to think I chill him too. I think we sort of like bounce off Where each other. Where is he? Where is he? Based. Yeah. He's, so we've got a studio on Kirkcaldy. Um, we're going to be um, getting a place in London and I'm... Um, looking to get a place in Edinburgh. Fantastic. And then, obviously, it's gone nuts in America and Canada, so we're just... Things are really taking off quickly, so we're just trying to stay grounded. He's having a few days off, because um, he's just work, work, work. Mm. We've got a lot of investors contacting us, so I'm just... I've got, like, meetings in London, so we're going to go, like, in February. Awesome. Um, some amazing people that I've worked with in the past, and we headhunted them when I was in agency, so right. I've got, like, this guy who has followed my blog, weirdly, and he loves my passion for mental health. And he is like most sought-after sales guy in London, like obviously not me, but to a lot of people he is. And he's like wanting to meet me. So like... Fantastic. <laughs> so just, you I know... I can feel the energy. Yeah, I get really excited when I'm in a room of people that are so talented. And we all are talented, but I mean, people that are slaying the fear and going for the faith. And he's just got something about him. Uh, so I was saying to Scott, Let's meet with him. And I mean, I've got a list full of people. But then also, also, there's people that you think would be interested in helping you. And people that have got crazy amounts to invest, that have loved you in the past, but are perhaps a bit scared of your excitement. Mm. They're wary and they're going like, calm down, Jojo. Like, I know you're excited. But I'm like, it was exactly with my book. It was like, no, it's not. Like, yeah, I'm excited, but it's happening. It's not It's not a pipe dream. It's actually yeah. happening. It's but then you think they're thinking you're insane. The funny thing is that um, having known people in this industry for a long time, some of them, I've got a good friend who had a, a you know, was waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen. And it eventually happened. And I was like, right, champagne. And he was like, mm, no, I don't need it. Why? And he said, because I've expected this. It's not a surprise. Yes. It's just meant to happen. Yeah, but I would still take the champagne. Well, I think we did eventually. But my point being that <laughs> it's a, you know, when you when you know something's happening, even on an energetic level and it happens, a lot of the time it's that, that level of excitement just dies away because it feels natural, as if it should happen. And the funny thing is, though, when you catch yourself telling people that are in a fear state, you have to protect yourself because you pick up their uh-huh. energy. And I could say, oh, it's just your ego. You need to do mindfulness to work on this. You don't have to judge me because it's all going to be okay. But then they're just like, oh, man, she's totally lost it. She's mm. going nuts. But then you know, when you know, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. When you know, you know. You do. And I am, um, you're saying about law of attraction. You know, I was raised in the church. So I was raised in faith and prayer. So I guess I've been meditating all my life. Mm-hmm. Meditation, prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, prayer is when you talk to God and meditation is when she talks to you. <laughs> I love the way you say she. <laughs> um, Why not? Well, there's a big thing, a big awakening of women. We're very powerful, aren't we? I know. Well, every, every, almost every teacher that I've had that's changed me in a, from a therapeutic point of view has been a woman. Wow. But, you, no but you're amazing and you're a guy. Well, but I've had good teachers. Ah, so you're giving the credit to women. Uh-huh. Do you know, I had Chief Exec of uh, Social Enterprise, Neil McLean, here, and he actually said, very, very senior, lovely guy, 
He said women are so much more emotionally intelligent than men. Of course, but they need to be. Why? Because they've got to connect with children. <sighs> it all goes back to caveman days. And, and You've got to be able to pick up on, on uh, unconscious patterns and energy and things like that. Amazing. Whereas the men are out beating the stuff out of big elephants and trying to get the meat back. And that's just the way it is, but it's these patterns still... We don't need... To, none of us need to do that anymore, but women are so much more emotionally connected. There's we, no doubt. We are. And Jesus hung out with Mary, and she was a bit into her, like her... Um, you know, she was just so... Not that I met Mary, but I was speaking to someone about this, a spiritual healer, and she was talking about their dynamic, and mm-hmm. Mary's, like, very sensual, and she would, like, put oil on his feet, and um, then there's Martha. I don't know if you know... Do you know the story so Martha and Mary um, Martha will, was run like Jesus came to chill with Mary and she's like rubbing his feet and chatting and doing meditation right he's like this is awesome yeah and uh, he was American was he <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> don't know how he spoke but that's just how I hear it um, and uh, Martha was like Mary come and help me do the dishes come on I'm trying to get Jesus's lunch and um, Mary's like, I think, is this really you'd seen this from the Bible, are you? Yeah. Is this real verbatim? We, we need to adapt it to modern day. Yeah. Just roll with me here. Right. She's like, right, Martha, like, just chill out. I'm, chi- I'm sitting with my guests, right? right? Jesus is chilling, right? And then she's like, oh, this is terrible. She's like, what is she doing? And Jesus says to her, look, pull a Mary and sit down and pipe down and chill out. <laughs> okay. So that's a metaphor for a lot of relationships I have. And I picked up learned behavior from my mum, who's like a Martha. Mm-hmm. She still is. And I said to her mum, you need to chill out. You're stressing me. But I have been that person. I'm not anymore. Because I was stressing my friends. They're like, Joe, just sit down. Stop topping up our drinks. Stop trying to cook us more. Stop feeding us. We're full. <laughs> we just want to see you. So I think that's a really, really important lesson for all of us. It can be really easy to go boom, boom, boom. Absolutely. Yeah. Take it in. Mm. Be present. Be present as much as you can be, absolutely. The only moment is right now. It's that's all we it. have. Good old Eckhart Tolle. Oh, he is just... Have you listened to a lot of his stuff? Yes. What do you think of him? He's wonderful. He's probably the most authentic messenger on earth at the moment. He's just... he I listened to him at the same time as I was doing my mindfulness course mm-hmm. with Mindful Enterprise. You know Gary Young? I know Gary. He's just lovely and uh, we really He's connected. He's a good guy. Well we met for a coffee and we just couldn't stop chatting and then we were like right we've got meetings and I was like I'm going to do something with him next year um, and I said well he said why don't you do the course? I said yeah I could do it actually. He said you could blog about it and mm-hmm. stuff and I was like yeah let's do it. Um, but whilst I was doing that course I would drive so I'd have like half an hour in the car so I would listen to Eckhart Tolle and Opera mm-hmm. uh, their soul conversations Super Soul Sunday I think mm. it, she used to do she's and, still doing it I think yeah and Oprah's had the same upbringing as me in the Christian church so it's quite hard because you've got this faith that you've been raised to believe but there's politics I hate religion I don't do dogma but I like Jesus and his teachings so you've got that side so I'm with Oprah with that but I'm also very like each to their own and we come one and there's no there's no judgment like I just love everyone I meet as long as they're nice to me <laughs> then all this is so she had she was sort of like me like saying the stuff I was thinking and he was talking about how much he loves Jesus's teachings too but he was putting it from a Christianity's a label point of view yeah Jesus didn't come to start another dogma which mm. I agree with but he really helped me because when you're raised a certain way and then you come away from the church because you don't agree with it all um 
it can be quite hard because you want to please your family because you know it's real. You've seen them pray. You've seen answers to prayer. You could call it law of attraction, but what? It's just another label, you know. But you, they were in a faith state, not a fear state. Mm. Um, so I think his teachings really taught me to ditch the labels. Mm-hmm. Take a step uh, yeah, back. He's, he's wonderful. I've got a lot of time for Eckhart Tolle, and I, I, you can. One of the things I love about him is that you, I've got all these audio books, and I listen to them, and, and there are times where he will be in full flow and you know he's in full flow because he says something and he makes himself laugh. And when when that happens and he makes himself laugh, you know that he's just thought of what he's just said. Oh. It's just been in complete flow. I love that. So um, I know from people that know him that he, he will go and do a two-hour talk without doing any notes. He wouldn't take notes. He wouldn't He wouldn't have an idea of what he's going to talk about. That's what I do. That's the way I like it. Yeah, and it's, that's a lovely way to be. Yeah, heart light. Yeah. You just hope that... Well, you don't hope. You just know that the words will come. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's a funny thing. It's uh, when I've been interviewed in the past and people have said, I'll send you the questions I'm going to ask. I say, don't bother because I'll think about them too much. Yeah. And I'll think what... What, what's the angle? Rather than just someone asking me a question and me just replying mm-hmm. from just in flow, mm-hmm. because if I if I think about them too much beforehand, I'll give the wrong answer. I know, and that is that is really true. Actually, you can overthink things, yeah. And it's just with anxiety as well; it can block your brain a little bit if you're in that fear state, because then you blank stuff. Yep, yep. Well, that's and, and a lot of people who are in. Uh, the creative industries recognise this, that stress blocks creativity. really does. You mm-hmm. need to like give your brain silence so that it's... Yep. It, and I think the studies show that when you're silent, your brain grows. Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly... I think, I think the major problem that people are having at the moment is uh, too much overwhelm from entertainment. Um, when I was a kid, there was two TV channels... And they both went, you know, they both started at five o'clock and there was very little on during the day. It was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. And now we have, we have hundreds of TV channels streaming and you can watch anything you want at any point. It's overwhelming. So I, I think when you, when you know that there's going to be, for example, a good film on, on Saturday at 3pm and you've got to wait the whole week <laughs> looking in TV times, waiting for it. Like, you learn, you learn patience. But yeah. now, now there's nothing right or wrong about this. But now, kids can go. I want to watch uh, the Little Mermaid now, mm-hmm. and they know they can on Netflix or Prime or whatever. But more than that, a couple of generations ago, even one generation back, um, people had a lot more time yeah. to to be bored mm-hmm. or to daydream or to just ruminate. Yeah. And in that process, you, you're you're able to talk. Well, you're able to let, excuse me, the the little guiding voice in you come up. Yeah. But nowadays, we're completely overwhelmed with information, especially with smartphones and tablets. Oh, so addictive. So when you when you look at two people in a restaurant or in a pub or sitting in a coffee shop, and one gets up to go and order something or go to the toilet, the other automatically will bring their phone out. Yeah. There, there has been no, there's no gaps anymore. Mm. There's no gaps in a day where people just sit 
and wait. That's hard and it's practice. Like I took Bonnie to the theatre a few months. We do like an annual trip and I let her choose the restaurant. She said, I want to go to the Ivy Mummy. Mm. So she sits. And she she her knows her stuff. Oh, she's my daughter. Uh, so she had a wee notepad mm-hmm. um, with her. And uh, I was like, I'm not getting my screen out. I'm going to take a couple of pictures, but mm-hmm. my screen will be away. We're going to people watch because I like people watching. And um, so she sat down. I could see her taking it all in. She was looking around. Then the waiter came up and he said, if you draw a nice picture of me and I look good, mm-hmm. I'll give you a free pudding. I was like, I like this guy. Perfect. So, so she was like... Did you draw him a big good picture too? Oh, no, I was like, I'm just going <laughs> gonna to take it in and just watch her drawing. Right. And be a bit grateful that I've raised this freaking awesome swag little cool chick so i just watched her like she was getting really into it she's like mum what do you think how is this drawing and i was like he's gonna love it bonnie and she's like where is he where is he mum mm-hmm. so like 20 minutes later and we're ordering our food and i said do you want the kids menu she's like no mum i'm a foodie i'll have the lamb please <laughs> i was like okay babe what age is she uh, seven <laughs> brilliant she's like i have the lamb mum i was like okay so i had a glass of champagne i had um i think i went for the risotto or something like that or the lobster Anyway, um, and then he came over and she, he said, that is fantastic, can I put it on the wall? And she was like, I would love that. <laughs> so then he brought her, after we'd had, she'd had her lamb, she did a good job, didn't get much for me. I thought I would love to get some of that lamb, but she's like, mummy, it's really good, okay, you can have a wee taste. I'm a taster, so we do taste for taste. So then he brings this lovely, um, I think it was vanilla ice cream, but with a big silver goblet of salted caramel sauce. Right. And the most incredible, and she pours it over, mm. and a wee face. She was just like, "Mom, this is top class." Mm-hmm. Um, so that's funny. I think when you're out, and there's a lot of beautiful restaurants around the world, right? When you're out in a special restaurant where maybe it's a view, like a sunset view, mm. or really dark and cozy and romantic, or it's buzzing and it's like got good energy, and people around having like shellfish, and you know. I think it's really important to stop and be mindful of those, Mm -hmm. that stuff. Mark the occasion. Mark the occasion Mm -hmm. and just take it in. Yep. Absolutely. So important. It's it's important to slow things down because the time just passes. It does. And like, I remember that night and it's still in here. Mm. It's still in here and Bonnie remembers that night too. And for me as a kid, my best childhood memories are meals out, mm-hmm. chatting. Mm-hmm. We went to this place called Old Orleans. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's even still around, but it doesn't. Is that in Edinburgh? It was. It was. Um, it used to be up near, just off Lothian Road, one of those little streets. Yeah, I've never heard of it. And it was upstairs. Or, but we would go and it's like lots of American foods mm. like, and you would get like alligator. In fact, there's food from all around the world. It was kind of like diner style. And I remember, like, our family would just go, and if we had boyfriends and girlfriends when we were teenagers, two older brothers, so sometimes it would be, like, uh, eight of us if we all had a partner. And we would just sit around, we'd get buckets of prawns, <coughs> cocktails, and just laugh. Yeah. There was no phones then. Yeah. We would just laugh, and those are some of my fondest childhood mm. memories. Mm. And I want my kids to have the same. Yeah. So it's like, get your blooming phones off the I, uh, yeah yeah there, there's a, there's a group of folk that I used to hang about with in London and when they when there was a bunch of them went out for a meal mm. uh, first person to look at their phone paid the bill I love that so that they they all complained someone thought I never unfortunately never went to one of these things with them but someone they were telling me about it and someone had thought about it and everyone thought it was the most ridiculous idea but all agreed to it and by the end of the meal and it was a two or three hour thing. At the end of the meal, they were all thumbs up. This has been great. Who paid the bill? 
no one. No one took their phone out. So, well, you just all split it? Yeah, it was just it was just as normal. But <laughs> what would happen traditionally is you're sitting there and your the phone goes bzzz and people look at you're it. You're like, better check just in case. Yeah. Now, you know, if you're if you've got someone ill in hospital, that's yeah, fine. There's course. you know, well, if I'm doing a training course, I will say now if it's I want you all to put your phones off. But I, if you really need it on, if you've got a sick child at home, leave it on. Obviously, yeah, of course. <coughs> Sorry, Jojo. No, you Water went down the wrong way. Else? No, no, this is all good. Okay. This is the best gin just, I've ever had. Just send. I'll send some salt your way. Come on, Thank salt. You very much. Come up with the goods. Maybe it's that that's causing my throat. <laughs> Do you want me to take it off the no, table? No, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> I like these. These are good. So do I. You feel the energy. Mm. I but like the heat coming from them. I love it. So I started an energy course. Right. And um, with Mind Valley, you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Do you know Vision? No, I think we had a conversation, did we? A couple of years ago. He, no way. There was something going on. I can't really remember. Um, I work. I've got some stuff with. I've got recordings on some of the biggest apps. Mm-hmm. Insight Timer. I've got some recordings on at the moment. Wow. And I'll, I'll I'll maybe pull them once the new app goes live. Amazing. Um, and I do work with a company called Grocker. Okay, They're uh, in America and they do sort of video courses on mm-hmm. nutrition and fitness and yoga mm-hmm. and meditation. So okay. I think five or six years ago I did a film, I was filmed in London for them wow. and then they used my recordings for meditations wow. and then I filmed again um, with them last year, maybe September or October. Mm-hmm. Um, Lynette's brother, Alistair Gray. Yeah. Uh, uh, also works for Grocker. I went to school with Alistair. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's lovely. His smile, it's the same with Lynette, their smile is yeah, so Yeah, they're lovely. wonderful. I'm doing a talk with uh, uh, Alistair on, in uh, March. Where about? The Mindful Living Show. Where is it? It's in London. Oh, maybe try and come. Yeah, it's a, can you it's get tickets? a three day... It's free? No, three, <laughs> three day, <laughs> three day uh, event. Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and Alistair and I are doing a talk, I think, on the Saturday. All right, so I'm going to go down for three days. Great. Send me the details and I I'll will. put them on the social as well if people want to... Yeah, it's a big show. ...invest, because uh, am I right? I think there's 400 folk in our audience, wow. I believe. Well, I'd love to be front row. And Alistair and I both have... Well, I don't know, we'll need to talk again, but I think we've just decided to wing it. That's the best way. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be good. Alistair's great. He's amazing. Take me next year and let me speak on the stage with you. But it's not for me. I'm these, I don't make these decisions. Who decides? The people who run the whole show. All right. Okay, I'll come and meet them. I'll have a yeah. chat. But no, I'd love I'd love to get some of that energy. Uh, yeah. I've not, not seen Tony Robbins either, have you? No. No, I've not seen. I know I, I know Lynette's. Big fan. And has done her done his course twice, mm-hmm. I think. Wow. Um, do you like his stuff? I do. Yeah, I, he's, he's very challenging. He is. Uh, I'd love to film I'm Not Your Guru, which is... I love the banging beats. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's, not my, it's not my style. He's very confrontational, but uh, I can't possibly compare myself to him. He's, he's just a to. giant. You don't need to. You, I know, you but from a therapeutic that's... point of view, I can't compare it because he's, he's, he's quite confrontational, but he, he gets the results. He gets the results, but so do you. Uh-huh, but in a very different way. Yeah, but that's not for everyone. Like, no. I find that he's... I would say I'm a little bit of him and a little bit of your style too, so I would say I'm a blend between the really high energy and the grounding. Mm. Um, yeah. 
I think everyone has their own style and it doesn't make it better. Like he's had yeah. more press coverage basically. He's amazing, but That's awesome. He's incredible, but then so are you. Uh-huh. As long as you know that. Just just thought I'd remind you anyway. You you freaking awesome. Show us. He's freaking awesome. And yeah. that cup will not be broken and neither will he. Or me. We're strong, right? Of course. We're strong. We got Until this. Not. And then we are. Again. And then it's okay. It's yeah. okay not to be okay. It's okay to be weak. There's beauty in weakness because it allows other people the opportunity to come in and say, I'm going to be your angel today. I've got your back. Yeah, absolutely. We are human after all. Well, most of us. We're angels, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we are. Underneath it all, we're just light. Underneath it all, we're pure and we're born to love. Yes, yes. What stops us from loving? Fear. Fear of what? Uh, fear of, uh, gosh, a billion things. Mm-hmm. Fear of everything. Yeah. Gosh, yes, fear is, uh, fear is uh, uh, overpowering. But that's what we're hardwired to be scared. Yep, tigers and dinosaurs. <laughs> Not dinosaurs. (laughs) They were long gone. They were long gone, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, But snakes and spiders and other men with pointy sticks and things like that. We've got to be... If if you're... uh, If the average life expectancy of your tribe is 28... Yeah. And death is all around you. By stepping on something and getting an infection and your leg falls off. (laughs) Or getting bitten by a spider or a snake. then, Then you learn to fear everything. But because it keeps you safe. We need to unlearn. Yes. Well, we're, we are. I think we are doing that. Are we doing a good uh-huh. enough job? But it's it's very difficult overriding the the reptilian brain, which which is still triggered all the time. What is the single most like the best thing in your opinion to override that fear? Uh, probably meditation. I agree. Uh huh. Being aware of your thoughts and being aware of how repetitive they are and not getting caught up in the fantasy. Do you write your thoughts down like your dark ones? No. Okay. No, I don't journal. I'm not a writer. I've always been a writer. But I just... I just notice them and then... I just notice them and then occasionally give myself a kick in the butt when I get caught up in them. Because you know it's not you, it's just your mind. Well, it is. It, it, it's still powerful enough to be me, but you, it's still me. Of course, it's me, but it's not. It's not the true essence. Mm-hmm, that's it. The uh, true essence of who you really are. Yeah, and so you get caught up in this, and you, it, it goes round and round and round and round until it doesn't, and then you recognise that you, it's just a big joke. It's, it's just a, a big laugh. It's all a laugh. And then you have a laugh about it, and you say, "You, you know." So you know, I've got all the tools, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I use them all the time. We have I can get caught up in it. Yeah, well, you need a pick and mix, and sometimes one week yeah. you need a different pick and mix. Yeah, yeah. So I'll find myself in a in a state of of fear or panic or jealousy or whatever, and someone will say to me, "Why don't you tap for it?" And you go, "Oh, I was nearly swearing there, but you know, you." And then you catch yourself, and you go, "Yes, of course, I will." So the thing is that the this, the more tools you have, it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you don't get caught up in the trauma and the emotions and the fear. It just means you can get rid of them quicker. And you need that. Yeah, you would, we are human after all. And, you, you, you know, these emotions are part of us, but it's working them through. And when you, you become and you move towards enlightenment, whatever that word means, then that process takes 
rather than it taking four days or four months, it takes four seconds. I love that. And you, you catch it and you, you, you do something and it dissipates. What's the difference between enlightenment and awakening? Are they meant to be the same thing? I don't know. That's, words are very difficult when it's things like that. Because it's um, a feeling. Well, um, I don't know. I've never really used the word awakening. And, and enlightenment, I, you know, there are times, I, I, when I was, I did a talk for that insurance company, the other, um, that I was talking about earlier, and there was, there was one of these moments for me that happened quite rarely, but ha- do happen. And I was, it was a long day teaching mindfulness, and, and I did four separate classes, and then we stopped, and there was a big event, uh, and uh, there was a little bit of food and some wine, and it was a really great event. And then I had to go across London. Oh, so you got an Uber? No, I got the tube, and because uh, I like I like being on the tube. And, really? Uh huh. Not peak time though. Not peak time. Not peak time. Or That's peak trigger time. for me. It's like <laughs> no, and uh, I I but I, it was about seven or eight at night, and because I've lived in London, and I know it, I know it well. You know, I'm not. I don't have a problem with getting on the tube and just changing stations and things but on the second tube I got on there was just something happened and 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 I can't it's very difficult to put into words but it was like a heart opening oh. and one you know like all these things that happen it was it was absolutely overwhelming to me well wow, had that and when it happens the the problem with things like that is that it happens it happens without you actually wanting it to happen it happens and it's overwhelming it's, yeah. the problem with that is then it's so overwhelming and so wonderful and so incredible mm-hmm. that then people want to try and get back into that state and they can't make it happen they can't did you feel you cried a lot yes because i just yeah i just flood and like even if someone says anything awful i just kiss their face and wipe away their tears like i've had that and i'm just like i love you it's not your fault and you know, that's the sort of stuff you would expect with people taking hardcore drugs, right? You're like, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah, that's a that's a three in the morning, yeah. four bottles of wine conversation. Yeah, but this is like natural. Uh-huh. Well, I think it is. And, you, you know, it's, it's one of these things where the more that you open up, the more that you see that we're just all, we're just all trying to find our way home. We are. And some people need quite intense therapy. See, for example, you're like a narcissist or something like that. Now, is that a personality disorder? Hmm. Yes. So just say you're a narcissist, right? And I get a lot of people writing to me, I've been with a narcissist. And I, I say, look, I can coach you and I can give you stuff, but I would recommend that you get, you, you see a counsellor, you psychologist, psychotherapist, I can put you in touch with people, spiritual healers, but I can coach you and build up your self-belief again. And I'm always here to talk. Mm. But they say, well, they can't change because even if they do get enlightened, they'll still be a narcissist. No. You think they can change? Of course. People change. People can change in an instant. But if you have a personality disorder... Is People can change. Really? Oh, yeah. Powerful enough to do so? Oh, yeah. But there's got to be... There, it, 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 you know, it can be... Uh, you know, I remember one of the... the one of the great lecturers I had when I did my hypnotherapy course said if you if you make the right connection at the right time you can say two words and someone will change. Really? But it's that's more a chance thing than that's a chance. But people can change completely. They can something can flip. But 
People won't change unless they want to change. Yes, because people say to me, will they change? And sometimes I I hear conflicting voices like uh, from people raising me and people never change. A leopard can't change its spots, so I've still got all that in me. But then because I know so much now, I'm thinking people can be healed. Yeah, but a leopard's a leopard and human beings are much more complex and they can change. You can rewire your brain quite quickly. Without medication. Without medication. Uh Uh-huh. But... You need to recognise where you are to start with. So Self-awareness is... That's it. Because a Self-awareness is hugely... Because to, to, a, to a narcissist, mm-hmm. what they're doing is normal. Yes. So how do, you, how do you flip the switch? You don't. You can't. Well, they've got to. But they've got to recognise it. They've got to be self-aware. And sometimes it takes being in the deepest of darkest holes before folks start to become self-aware and realise. Is it the ego that stops them from doing the work? No, it's fear. Well, that's the ego, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's um, what Eckhart Tolle would say anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm channeling him at the moment. He's amazing. Um, no, I'm not channeling him. Mm-hmm. I wish I could. No, I think... Eckhart, the thing is, energy. Uh... The thing is that a lot of people will go through their life not recognising their patterns and they will always externalise it onto other people. Because is it learned behaviour from parents? Possibly. So mm-hmm. it's all they know? It's habit. It's all they know. It's natural to them. They don't understand. Mm-hmm. And people can go through their entire life losing friends or losing colleagues or finding it difficult to be in relationships or, and they still don't recognise it's them that's doing it. Yeah. Everyone, everyone else is to blame. Everyone else is to blame. So when you've got an external locus of focus, I think that's the way to say it. When you're when you're everything's external to you, then this is all to blame. Yeah. And when you start to become a little more self-aware that the patterns we all have, and I'm I'm still governed by a lot of patterns that cause issues, as we all are. But when you start to recognise them and become self-aware, it becomes a it's a very painful journey for a lot of people. When you realise why you've picked things up, because mm-hmm. I had a light bulb moment with the mindfulness course, and it was like, I always, because they take you back to your younger child, right? And yeah. I always felt like I needed a man to make me complete. I don't know where that came from, probably a mix of, certainly the media, Kylie and uh, Jason, <laughs> fantasising about this perfect romance that I saw on Neighbours, like right. my favourite show. And I spent my life going, who is he? Poor, poor bloke, whoever, you know, what pressure to put. Every guy I dated, I was like, who is he, who is he? And then I would break a lot of hearts. I'd have my heart broken and uh, looking for love. Well, why can't I get love? Why can't I get love? I just want love. I want love. Um, and I talk about this in my first book, Mummy Jojo on Cut Time for a Mojo Injection. I'll give you a copy if you want. Thank you. Um, and it was quite a, a light bulb like boom. And the, the, the gentle voice was just saying, you're enough. Love yourself, you're enough. Mm. Stop chasing after guys. Cut it out. Well, that's the law of attraction. Okay. The more you wait, the more you're going to get waiting. Ah, so I've been waiting on this prince and he's just not come. You've got to, well, you've got your prince. Yeah, well, the chapter, chapter seven says my husband is not my prince. And it's about realising the marriage isn't perfect like I thought it was. He wasn't Jason Donovan. Poor guy. (laughs) Jason Donovan's not perfect. I know, but I in my head, had. in my imagination, he he's was. a good guy. The thing is that as soon as you, if you have an energy that is wanting something, all you're going to get is more wanting of it. 
Mm-hmm. Now there are exceptions to all rules, even though, well, although people do say the law of attraction works no matter what. So the more you want something to happen, the more you're going to get more of wanting it. Mm-hmm. But I think you you were absolutely right there. You've got to work on yourself. You've got to be happy within yourself. And it's one of, one of the great universal laws that I love is that whatever you want more in, more of in your life, the best way to get it is by giving it away. Giving what you want. Giving what you want away. So give love to get if love? You, yes. Give it's freedom. the perfect demonstration to the universe or source or whatever, whatever your words are. If you want success in your life, help other people become successful. Help other people become happy. Help other people become loved, feel loved. Because you cannot give away that which you do not have. Mm-hmm. So by giving, by by demonstrating energetically and physically and spiritually mm-hmm. that you are giving someone something, yeah. you will gain more of it. Yes, I love this. It's a win-win situation. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's a perfect demonstration. It works every time. Not maybe not immediately, but it will. Uh-huh. There's a there's a level of faith involved. Yeah, because you know that time is involved in this dimension. So you don't always get it straight away. No, you can. Sometimes I, I get answers so quick, though, because I did 21-day um, meditation mm-hmm. over Christmas. And one of them I put out, like, I really want to work with this personal trainer. I love her. I love her. She's been on the podcast. Her name's Ashley. And uh, I really connect with her. I really want to work with her. The next day, she contacted me and said, you've got eight free sessions. You've won a competition. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know I'd entered a competition. <laughs> She's training me. I'm getting stronger. We're, we're chatting. She knows my soul. She knows my background. We've, we've got shared experiences. Fantastic. And she's the best personal trainer I've ever worked with. Well, a week ago or whenever it was, we connected. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, I saw your post on Instagram and I thought, I'd love to do a podcast with Jojo. And and I put my phone down and it it was you. That's the first time we've connected. Oh my goodness. I was like, oh, that's good. Because I thought about you. I thought like I need to contact him, but then it's like people get in touch with me. So then I fill it. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're a busy person. Yeah. But it's going to change. I'm getting a PA. I'm getting, I've got a management team and headspace for business. Right. They're incredible. Oh, Is that from the Headspace app? Oh, goodness. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I'll need to ask them. Um, they're coming here next week. We're going to fill this table with Are they an Edinburgh company? Yeah, they're oh, right. It's not from the Headspace app then. Headspace for Business. Um, they've got incredible backgrounds. They're so switched on. We met and it was like boom, 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 boom. They were like, Joe, and they're quite good because I'm a yes person. And they'll be like, Joe, no, we're not doing that. That's not in line with your brand. And they're they're just really thorough. They'll do my negotiation. Um, I'll tell them the vision and then they'll help me with the rest. Superb. It's been needed for like five years. But right. I've just been doing it all myself. Well, it's very common. It's very common. I'm, I'm in the process of this year probably building a little team, but um, it's something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. So that's difficult when you can make the decisions yourself. I know. But at some point you've got to level up. I had to level up and it was, I didn't burn myself out because I think I needed that outlet as a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but my back was starting to seize up and mm. I was thinking, right, now is the time to let people in and trust that people will get your vision. Yeah. Trust that they are got good intentions. Yeah, and they, they will. Yeah, I'm sure you're strong enough to mould them in your image, just get them out there. Well, someone wrote to me and said, I think you've got a discernment gift. 
some one of my readers. I don't Discernment. Really, yeah, apparently, like knowing if someone's got good intentions quite quickly, I can feel it. Oh well, there we go. That's good. I mean, if I've got that gift, great. Fantastic. Put it out there, great. Yeah, save me a lot one. of time, you know. Yeah, it save us all a lot of time. Honestly, this is fascinating and the time has flown by. I'd love to interview you again sometime, um, so let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Um, and I always ask people um, their favourite song, their copyright. We can't actually sing it anymore, but you can tell us it and we can play it ourselves and maybe do a quick story video, but I can't play it on the recording. Okay. And you can give a few songs if you can't just think of Oh, it. I've got... 5,000. Great, sort me a playlist. Because I've got, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm not visual at all. So music is hugely important to me. Me too, it's my life. And that's why I then hesitate about saying, because it depends on what energy you want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a ton. You can give us like a sad song, a happy song, whatever you like. Um, okay, so... Uh, for raising my energy levels lately, mm-hmm. complete control by the Clash. Great. Which is a really good take me back to my youth. Amazing. Of punk. Great. Um, happy song, probably uh, uh, another. What is it? Another. Uh, I don't. Well, okay. So, uh, the secret of life by James Taylor, possibly the greatest wording of any song. Oh, I'm excited to hear this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, The Secret of Life is Enjoying the Passage of Time. Wow. James Taylor's a very spiritual man. Okay. And uh, writes some amazing songs with deeper meanings than we all think. So, yeah, I used to play that uh, meditation class. I would do a big, long meditation with people for maybe 35 minutes, and then I would play The Secret of Life by James Taylor. Wow. The live version is even better. Well, we're going to blast it in the kitchen. Right. Andrew, where do you want people to connect with you? They can go onto my website, andrewjohnson.co.uk. It's G-O-H-N-S-O-N. From there, they'll see my apps and my online courses and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, um, and of course, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Put my name in and you'll find Up your pop. Great. Up will pop. You are amazing. Thank so, you. So you. So glad we've connected. And I really need a pee because I've just had all that coffee awesome. and water. So I'm going to go for a wee and um, then we're going to blast that tune. But yeah, you're awesome. Stand tall. You won't be broken. Oh, my love. Mm. I'm in trouble. Yes, I am. I'm in trouble. Cause love was not in my plan Temptation is my fast train to hell Temptation keeps ringing my train just left the station I jumped on board This is not going well I'm in trouble Yes I am I'm in trouble Love was not my plan Now I'm in trouble Call for help quick on a double Heart's in trouble Again Desire stole the sail 
desire Push me overboard Oh, desire Set the lifeboats on fire Left me to drown No more sign of shore I'm in trouble Yes, I am I'm in trouble Love was not my plan Now I'm in trouble Call for help quick on a double Heart's in trouble the hand